Chris Chow's. Welcome back to the show, man. This is the podcast. We had the week off last week. We are back with a vengeance. We got all four of us in the house today. Jake, Kyle, Chris, what's going on, fellas? I am awaiting impatiently a ginormous steak burrito that, yes, I plan on sharing sound effects with you all here uh, within the next 10 to 15 minutes or so. Just a heads up. What all is in this steak burrito? You mentioned queso earlier. What else you got? In there? Queso is on top of the burrito like that. Oh. I don't like like the red chili sauce or green chili sauce. I want queso on top of it. And then inside is it's going to be steak, cheese. I'm sure there'll be some type of pico de gallo type mix inside of it with some peppers with a side of rice and beans. Uh, I'm I am excited for it because I'm starving. Is it the right place now. that you took me to while I was there. Where did I take you? I don't remember. Do we have Mexican food? Oh, yeah, no, that was the first. Yeah. The no, lunch. it was not that place. Oh, okay. It was not that. We're going to Chewy's. Amber's bringing home Chewy's, and I'm sounds, excited. That for sounds it. like it could be a bad uh, day afterward on the toilet. You know what we're having in two weeks, Jake? Filibertos. I am. I cannot wait for some Filibertos, some Arizona burritos. Can't believe I get to try it. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle is actually going to come to Arizona for a day and a half. For a whole day and a half, and that is it. <laughs> there you go. Just to eat Filiberto. Just to eat Filibertos, and that's about it. And then fly and then fly out. It basically well worth, the, yeah. well worth the plane ticket. That's basically all he wants to do. I'm gonna be in Arizona. He's like, Well, I gotta try Filibertos. So here we go. Done. Perfect. What about you? What are you guys doing? What are you up to? Oh, nothing. Just chilling, just chilling, chilling on the podcast. Yeah, just just sit yeah. back, feet up, relaxed, cold yeah, beer in your hand. You know, I, I, Toes I, in the I, sand. I changed it up, man. I got some whiskey going on tonight, man. Wow. Ooh. Nice. How far like, away from a beach are you, Chouse? It was tough, man. I'm a good hour flight it's, away. They don't have beaches there. I mean, do you? Have, that's what I was wondering. Like, there is it like an actual beach, like oh yeah, sand yeah. We're, beaches. We're, we're good. We're a good hour away from a beach. It's nice, but it's freezing cold water on on that side of the world, huh? No, man, it's fine. No, oh, no okay. Fine. You All can right. dive. You can dive in. It's nice. I would talk about shrinkage. I don't know if I can afford to have it get any smaller, Chouse. Significant shrinkage, man. <laughs> Jake, how far away are you? Like, what, two-hour drive from the beach? Yeah, two and a half, probably. Okay. It's not nice, too far. Man. It's like 180 miles. Far enough in that I don't have to worry about hurricanes. Perfect. Right, right. That's, that's, that's all I really want. Get the rain, not yeah. the hurricane. Speaking yeah, of a... hurricanes, you see oh. the hurricane today of the signing? You see this? Oh, God. Is it these? Is it these uh, like... I thought you were going to talk about the Hurricane Bruins series that I was going to leave the pod. Wow. Nathan Peterman, man, he signs with the Chicago <laughs> Bears, baby. Breaking Dude, news. Question. And I, we, I'm sure the Super Bowl. we may have, you know, you may bring this up and maybe I'm taking away some of your thunder here, but wasn't, haven't the Bears signed like a bunch of fourth rate players today? They signed like a hundred players today. Yeah, and Sharp. none of them are worth a damn. No, they're, ta- I, they're tanking. They're tanking huge. But then they have quotes that come out and say that, you know, they're, they're totally sold on Justin Fields and they want to give him every opportunity to succeed. And then you look at their roster like, no, dog, you, you ain't you ain't doing a, a lot for this guy. No, they're not succeeding. I swear to God, if the Bears ruin Justin Fields, I'm driving to Chicago and kicking someone in the balls. They're going to ruin him. Teddy I mean, Sharp, man, wide receiver one, really? Uh, yikes. No. I know it's Damn Mooney. It. Darn I know mother- it's Mooney. Full I, Mooney, baby. I know it's Mooney. I'm just saying. going full Mooney. That dude could have 175 targets this year. Maybe only 80 of them catchable. 
but he's going to have, I mean, they have nobody else to throw it to besides Cole Komet. All these other guys are signing. I'm not, I'm not impressed at all. I know. I want to see Cole Komet actually make a, make a leap this year, at least a couple of steps. It's Anything. Definitely, it's definitely a tank season in Chicago, man. Rebuild. They're going to be good in the salary cap and then they're going to retool next year. But well, that's why? the problem is like with, with Chicago, I mean, they're not a destination that free agents want to flock to, you know? Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. So that's what, that's the one thing that concerns me. I look at it, that division as like, this would have been the time to strike. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. this is the time where they could have made a, a few moves and, and been an immediate competitor and within their division. And now it just seems like they're, they're just not, they're not interested in 2022. They've already checked out. Got to wash yeah, off I the mean, Aggie stink, man. That's what they're doing. A lot of just imagine have- if the Lions are good next year, then you're looking at maybe third at best in your division. Maybe. Mm. I mean, but you think about Green Bay. I'm not going to put Green Bay up where they have been over the last decade or so. Detroit, even though on paper they excite me, like, I'm not quite – Their like, defense is an issue. I'm not quite 9 o'clock, but it's, like, on the verge of that. You know what I mean? So, it's, like, it's getting exciting there in Detroit. But Chicago, I mean, they had an opportunity. Minnesota didn't really do a whole lot. Their defense, I guess you could say, is somewhat improved. But Chicago could have had an opportunity to compete this year, and they just they just chose not to. Yeah, I think when you look with the Bears, at least, at least they're going to have a ton of cap space next year. But, again, I mean – what are they going to use that cap space on? Maybe someone that just wants to go after money and not after a championship because the Bears are light years away from competing, not only, you know, in their division, but anywhere else. They're citing next year's Christian Kirk. <laughs> They're going to be the one. Yeah. They're going to be somebody to overpay for 84 million. Yeah. Christian Kirk and Mike Williams. They're going to just gonna overpay for somebody like that. Okay. So I'm looking here because... I don't know off the top of my head. Who are some of the top free agents in 2023? Michael Hardman. Oh, dear God. There's not a whole lot. No, there's not. <laughs> Slim pickings, and they're going to have tons of cap room. Yeah, you're... Uh, well, Sa- Saquon, Saquon Barkley. Yes. No, he's not going there. Kareem Hunt. I mean, they maybe, need, but I mean, need, still They have, need defense you know. and wide receivers. And, and the top wide receiver available is going to be Nelson Mother in Aguilar. <laughs> You know, or, or Julio Jones. Yeah, I mean, who who has a year off of football or oh, something? Oh, Calvin like that. Ridley. I mean, he's not going to be a free agent because his contract got moved back a year, but they could be looking to trade him after the mess from this season. Maybe, but I don't know. Sterling Shepard, I mean, DJ Chark. It, and if you're looking at defense, I mean, uh, Yannick Ngakwe is going to be a free agent. Um, Levante David, though I'm sure the Bucks are going to you know try to mm-hmm. make sure that they shore him up. So. At yeah, this point, you got you got to feel sorry for Raekwon, man. I mean, he's like the only one left from that old regime on that defense, basically. And he like Will Smith in that GIF that's on Twitter seriously. when he's looking around a room and it's all empty. That poor yeah. bastard, man. <laughs> what a waste of talent that's gonna be. Oh, oh, hey, Nikhil Harry, he'll be a free agent next year. Perfect. They could go after him. Nikhil Harry oh. should have been a free agent four years ago. <laughs> Nikhil Harry shouldn't even be in the NFL anymore. That's basically the truth. The Patriots are going to sign to him to a $100 million extension because he's yeah. going to ball out this year out of nowhere. Yeah. No, they're going to sign five more tight ends and give them 60 mil guaranteed each. Can I ask a question? And this is off topic, and I don't want to like interrupt the flow here, Chess, but I was doing a mock draft today, mm-hmm. and I was freaking – full disclosure, I haven't done very many mock drafts. For, 
Devontae Parker is like at the bottom of everything, every draft list. And I don't understand mm. why. Like, I understand that he's not somebody that you want to be your wide receiver one by any means. But I honestly don't hate Devontae Parker in the late rounds of your draft as somebody who could see an upwards of eight targets a game. But I don't understand why. It just seems like everybody's like they've, they've written him off. And me being the guy who nicknamed him Fantasy Bigfoot seems to be one of his bigger promoters right now. And I don't understand why. Am I missing something? Have I missed any I news? Think, I, I think people honestly just forgot, forgot that he got about traded him. to they the just Patriots. just forget about I, him, I think. I don't think they actually know that he's on New England. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I who's, who's going to say, where the hell did he go again? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, the only thing I can shit. think of. And that's why I don't understand. It's like he's going to go to a situation where hmm. who's really going to challenge him for targets. I mean, he's going to be the number one. And to find a number one on a team that late in the draft is just a way to stack your bench a little bit and give yourself another option for bye weeks, if nothing else. Yeah, I mean, I think the only other person that would really kind of, you know, battle him at the receiver position would be Jacoby Myers, you know, Maybe. but other than that, you know, that's probably about it. And I yeah. think Parker Parker should be able to beat out a Myers. I would think so. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would think so. Now, we can kind of look at it and be like, well, New England's going to run the ball a lot, and they're not going to have, like, this high-powered passing offense, which I get, but we're not expecting the guy to go get 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns. But if you can take him in those late rounds and he ends up with 907, I'll take that as my do, wide receiver five on my team. Do I think that Parker could get 1,200 yards with Mac Jones? I, I do. I do. I, right. I'm not expecting that, though. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, but I'm saying if we if we even think it's possible. Yeah. It, it wouldn't surprise me. If old Bill wants to let Mac loose or not. If he does, absolutely. If he doesn't, then it's just going to be 800 yards. Maybe we find eight to ten touchdowns. Probably the big. Oh, they don't even have an. Gonna be they don't there. even have an offensive coordinator at this point. Still, <laughs> yeah, Aguilar couldn't even say in his interview who the OC was. Yeah, you see that? You see that today? They don't have one. Yeah, exactly. Don't tell them that we're dysfunctional, man, because we'll just make us look bad. I don't understand what happened though. Like, I get okay. I understand that Brady left, but it just seemed like now it seems like Bill is just kind of lost. Somebody who's like been he gave up. It is. It's like he just doesn't care. Like he's mm-hmm. just there collecting the check, finishing out his time, and he's going to move on. It just doesn't seem like he's really invested at getting back to where they were. It was yeah, the same I mean, thing with like with Brady. Brady got home and saw his kids, and he was like, no, I can't handle this. Bill got home and saw his wife and was like, nope, not interested in this, and just went back to work. <laughs> now Brady's never going to stop working. <laughs> no, now, now Brady's going to get $30 million a year to call football games. million man for Tom Brady. This was funny because I was looking at this too. And I mean, have you seen the TV broadcast teams once Brady retires? CBS, Jim Nance, Tony Romo. He just blew out Tony Romo's contract. You got Fox with, uh, I've never heard of Burkhart, but I mean, he's going to be with Tom Brady once he's done playing on Fox. NBC, Mike Tirico, Chris Collinsworth. I don't mind them too. I think they're going to be all right. ESPN, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, and then Amazon gets Al Michaels and that other dude. So, I mean, it's interesting, the stack that they're putting together. Yeah, I mean, I I, I will say this. I think with, with the success that Tony Romo had, you know, I mean, I really enjoyed watching games that he was covering. And Brady's going to be the same thing. You know, Brady is obviously, I mean, I think Brady's a much more intelligent quarterback than Romo was. I don't think Brady is Bias. as personable as Tony <laughs> Romo. But I do think that, you know, Romo always had some personality to him. Brady, I I don't want to say Brady is like a robot because we've seen a different side of him 
in Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm questioning to see how personable he's going to be on TV when the games are going on. One thing I could say, and I tweeted it the other day, and I understand that 97% of the things that I tweet, none of it is serious, but how fun would it be if we had like Marshawn Lynch and Tom Brady calling games together? Like yes. to me, you need to try to duplicate the Manning cast, not try to be mm. serious about it because I don't think that's Agreed. really going to, to be what works. Tony Romo, in my opinion, is really good at what he does because he can dissect the game as it's happening. Tom Brady can do the same thing, I'm sure, but his personality just isn't quite there. You have Marshawn Lynch or Snoop Dogg in the booth with Tom Brady, and that is must-watch <laughs> football. And my burrito that's, that's showed 100%. Up, that's 100% accurate because one thing that I saw with uh, – with the, and this is off football, but with the PGA tour, uh, they're going to have like a Manning cast type commentary on the PGA tour uh, with Joe Buck. Joe Buck's going to be doing kind of that for golf. So I think more sports kind of are going to start adopting the whole Manning cast idea. And I think more broadcasts in football should be doing that instead of just Peyton Manning. hundred percent. I find it, I can sit there. I've heard the commentary in every football game for my entire life. Like the commentary is almost identical. Every game you hear the same things over and over and over again, getting a different perspective, like a behind the scenes type look. And then just the small talk with the giving each other the hard time, Eli giving Peyton the finger, like stuff like that is what makes it super fun and exciting. I would love to see something like that. I think it went downhill after, after the, after Madden and Summerall, like that was the, that was my favorite tandem in all of sports. Well, I think people want a little bit of, of different things these days. And I think that's why, you know, obviously Manning cast has become so popular, but you still see people, you know, tuning into these other games like Tony Romo and listening to him because people like that funniness and that different, uh, different type of it. But I also think that they love listening to educated people. If the guy's even so a little bit dry, if they absolutely know what they are talking about and you're learning something while you're watching the game, people are still going to tune into that. And I think that's why Tony Romo became so popular so quickly, mostly because it was like tweets and stuff like that. But people were taking like little clips of his, you know, games that he was calling. And they were like, this is like crazy that Tony Romo knew this going into it. Or Tony Romo, Tony Romo called this before it even happened and things like that. I think people caught on to that quickly and that's why they've, you know, liked him so much. And he was a candidate to really take over several different positions. So I think for Brady, I think he'll fit in fine. And that type of Tony Romo, uh, Romo role where he will kind of maybe not be super exuberant or anything, but he's not going to be Booker McFarland either. So no, we don't, nobody, nobody will be Booker. Nobody want no Booger. (laughs) But I mean, he's he's changed the way that he is on IG, man. I, he's become a lot more likable to me, man. So I don't know. Even if he's just in the booth doing the normal thing, I think Tom's going to do just fine. The best thing for his social media career was to get away from New England because the guy is a completely different person now. I mean, you can just oh, see it. Down. I mean, now he you can see the personality. He's out there making TikToks talking about the tuck rule and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff is absolute gold. I wouldn't be surprised either if that wasn't his PR team. If they weren't like, Tom, listen, you're out of New England now. Have like, fun. You're yeah, you gotta have fun. Like people just know you as this winner stuck up asshole right now that gets pissed off when he doesn't win. Like you gotta do something over the course of the next couple of years to kind of get yourself out there and more likable more. So then people can like look at you as the greatest of all time. 
Like, cause that's going to be, the, I mean, that's the biggest thing. He had all the championships and everything like that. But in terms of the popular vote, I don't think he really had that. And now he's starting to get a little bit more of that. So I think, I think when a guy is more likable, he has the ability to be, you know, really solidified as the greatest of all time. I mean, look at like LeBron, like people don't really like LeBron. He does some of those same things, but there's people like, oh, he whines and he cries and he doesn't get his call and he flops and he's stuff, you know, stuff like that. You know, if he was a little bit more likable, maybe people would be like, oh yeah, like he's, he's better than Jordan, but Jordan didn't have that problem. Like he didn't have social media and people to talk ish about right. him the way that LeBron does. Look it, at it Peyton, Manning. Peyton Manning was one of the first ones who was somewhat a serious winner that could still go off the field and have a great presence in commercials and stuff like that. Peyton Manning has been great at it for a long time. And I think this kind of gives Brady a, a little bit of an, not an edge, but a, at least a foot in the door over there to where he can be somebody that like Kyle just said, they don't hate him anymore because a lot of people just hate him because he was in new England. Now, well, even then with Manning, it was later on in his career and after retirement where really some of those things started to take off for him, where it was becoming more of a likable person at that point than just being a football player. Brady's, uh, what was it, his IG where he was doing a TikTok and his son's like, are you doing TikTok? He's like, no, 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 no. Fuck, I was laughing my ass off on that one. <laughs> I think the moment for me when Peyton Manning, like I really became a fan of him was when he had that one SNL skit for United yeah. Way. And that right there just, that blew the doors open right there. When he chucked the football at the kid? Yeah, yeah. And he goes, go sit in the porta potty Think yeah. about what you did. Get on the same page. What are you doing? Speaking of craziness, though, we know how Twitter is. We know what Twitter does to people. And the recent things dominating the Twitter sphere right now is the Tua Tagovailoa underthrow well, he's wearing a beach brim and they're, you know, just tossing the ball around. And why are they hating on Tua so bad for this dumb throw? Like one under throw. He didn't get all of it. Like what? It, I get it's Twitter. It's stupid. But I'm. this isn't going to be Tua on the field. I am not worried at all about this whatsoever. This is nothing more than people trying to go out there and capitalize on a half-ass take that's that they've true. had for year after year after year that's been somewhat proven wrong i mean who knows what the situation was they could have just been messing around i mean hey maybe tyreek was already 30 yards down the field just as you know he raises his head. like we have no idea you know what i mean so to make some kind of stupid assumption the guy's an nfl quarterback i mean it's not like he's just some guy that they're bringing out of the parking lot you know he took parking tickets last year no the guy can throw the ball down the field we've seen him do it he's one of the most accurate deep ball passers in the nfl Sure. Is he Patrick Mahomes? Absolutely not. But I would think that Mike McDaniel in, in Miami now understands that he seems like a pretty bright coach to where, you know, we're not going to have Tyreek Hill running 80 yards down the field because our quarterback can't get him the ball successfully enough in that type of way. But we can get Tyreek Hill the ball in space across the middle underneath, be creative with it, and then he can make things happen with his feet. So to go out there and make something big about it. A stupid deep ball while they're practicing that. That's absolutely ridiculous to me. Let's yeah, just say for a second that that was a serious video and they ran a serious play and Tyreek Hill was actually running a route and whatever. Let's just say for a second it was actually serious football. Tyreek Hill's been in Miami for what, two months? I'm sure him and Tua haven't worked out a whole lot at this point. 
can you let the guy develop some chemistry with them? I mean, come on, it's May. Even if it was serious. Yeah, they might not be on the same page right now. Hell, he might be the fastest wide receiver two has ever played with. Maybe two it doesn't it isn't ready to lead him yet. And he's like, oh crap, I'm gonna have to get a little bit more under the ball here to get it over the top of him. It's just chemistry that's got to build too. Yeah, it's just it's it's Twitter doing what Twitter does and just overreacting. They want let, you know, they want hits, likes, impressions, just hot take after hot take. Well, let, me ask you, let me ask you this real quick, Chouse. Jalen Waddle, he's a burner, right? Mm-hmm. Were we worried about Jalen Waddle before Tyreek Hill went there? Not even close. Man. Not even close. And who and is his quarterback going to be? And, 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 and that's, going to, that's going to my same point. I mean, Tom Brady before he had Randy Moss. Nobody said Tom Brady was going to be able to go deep consistently. He, what was it? Nickel and diamond basically his entire career until Randy Moss came to town. And then it kind of changed the entire fabric of how Tom Brady played football. I am not saying Tua is Tom Brady, like relax, but we can say, you know what? It's going to be short passes. It's going to be schemed up passes. We saw Waddle do his damage over the middle, seven routes, 20 yards, mid-range. Like, that's where he was doing a lot of damage and separating. And we know Tyreek's, uh, what, average depth of air target is is lower than most. So going deep with Patrick Mahomes was a fabric of Patrick Mahomes. They're going to be able to morph this offense where they can nickel and dime and use these guys, get the ball in their hands, and they're going to use their feet to make uh, make big plays. Speaking of Twitter, Jake, shut up Twitter real quick. And just, can you just put it on Twitter where it says Chris Chow says two is the next Tom Brady? Sure. Do it. Let me go ahead and, uh, and just tweet that out here real quick. <laughs> why, why would you, why would you drop a bomb like that, man? You, you trying to get me hatred over here? Like, come on. Let me to a, the next Tom Brady. End quote. End quote. Yeah. Bullshit. We do got the schedule release, boys. It is exciting times. I think, you know what, the NFL is the only league in the entire world that can drop an NFL uh, schedule release and get massive ratings. But I want to I want to point this out. It's not homership, so relax for a second. But ESPN, I saw okay. this uh, the other day. It's not, man, just because I'm wearing a Bill shirt doesn't, doesn't mean it's homership. ESPN just said, they said it, man. It was, uh, what's his name, Orlovsky and company. They were like, the Buffalo Bills are the best team as of today in the NFL. Not my words, their words, but I'm smiling because I agree with them. We do got the Bills likely opening up the schedule. Now, uh, Thursday Night Football against the LA Rams. That is the leak right now. We don't know if it's true. Doubleheader on Monday Night Football. Week 2, Philly versus Minnesota. Buffalo versus Tennessee. The Bills getting the Ravens Thanksgiving night. And apparently the Bills are just going to be in primetime all damn season. I love it. Are they the best team in the NFL? That's week No. Are we talking on paper? Sure. I mean, they're a lot better on paper. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a Bills hater, obviously. I think they're going to be great once again. I think the, the biggest thing the Bills have going against them is now their division is getting better. Sure. Like where it's kind of been a cakewalk for them for a few years, now all of a sudden the Jets are going to be improved. The Dolphins are going to be improved. The Patriots, not all that bad. You know what I mean? So it's not like they kind of just get to walk right through their division anymore. I still think they're going to be the best team in the division, but I think it's going to push them – a little bit further this year and maybe some of those close games maybe they don't pull them out this year but i i don't know are they the best team in football but they got better so here's the thing defensively they were ranked number one in the entire nfl last year they added von miller they added elam 
Hopefully Trey comes back and then you keep moving forward now on offense. Okay. You got rid of Beasles. You bring in Crowder, you know, Davis is poised for a big breakout. You bring in a speedy back like a James cook who can take kind of a lesser type of Alvin Kamara role where they can actually exploit people from the backfield. Finally, they're better. OJ Howard, if he turns out, they're a better overall team with so many more weapons offensively. I mean, Will other teams like the Chargers compete? Absolutely. Not saying they won't, but I mean, on paper right now, it's it's hard to argue that the Bills don't have the quarterback MVP this year. Kyle, do I need to tweet out that Chouse has just also just said that James Cook is also Alvin Kamara? Yes, hey, please. Matt. It's already on headliner use, so it's already out there. Don't <laughs> yep. worry. Yep. It's already there in video. Yeah. But that was just like a comp to him. Uh, this is and like... It, it a, still is. It's Yeah. Still is. No, this is like you just said that he's like... He's, He's going Alvin to be Alvin Kamara MVP like numbers this yeah. year. No, I, 1, I, 000, I was 1, talking 000. about Josh Allen, man, not not uh, James Cook. Come on. They're going to be good. But can we look at the Rams and say they got any worse? They actually got better on both sides of the ball. They added added Allen Robinson. You know, yes, they, they lost Ron Miller. They got Odell. Bobby Wagner. Exactly. You know what I mean? So in, in my mind, until you beat the best I can't but what, say but that were the, the but were the Rams truly the best though? That's the argument. They walked through a weak NFC, and they got lucky against the Cincinnati Bengals team that maybe shouldn't have been there last year. What's going to change this year? They can walk through a same weak NFC again. They'll face the Bills this year. I think part of the issue with the Bills this year is obviously Jake mentioned the con- or the division being tougher, but the the conference itself is it's. I mean, you can, unless you get like a one or a two seed, there's a good chance you're going to be facing a team that very well could be a three seed over in the NFC. That's just how good the AFC is going to be this year. So even in a first round, like if, if the bills can't grab themselves a first round by, and now they're a two seed, you know, or they're not a two seed or a three seed. Now you're going to be facing a team that easily could win a division elsewhere. So that's going to be part of the issue too, is even, you know, if they do walk away with the East, Let's say best case scenario, they walk away with the East. They dominate the other teams because they're just not ready to really keep up at this point. Going to the playoffs, you know, even if they win that first round matchup easily, you head into that second one. And again, you're you're not going to have an easy task to try and get uh, get to the Super Bowl at that point. So it's I mean, it, it really the AFC is just going to be completely up in the air. I don't think you can look at any one team over there and be like, yep. They're dominant. Now, if the Bills were in the NFC East, for instance, they'd be my favorites to come out of the NFC easily, even over the Rams. Yeah, I think you could put the Bills in almost any division in the NFC, and they would be my favorites. And yeah. another team in the AFC, if they can even get to their own division, are the LA Chargers. I mean, they ex- exponentially got better this year. You know, offensive line improved a little bit, but on defense, they added so many different weapons that they needed. So, I mean, it's it's a stacked AFC West as we all know, but I mean, the chargers are definitely going to be a team to look out for. The only thing with the AFC West is these guys are going to beat up each other for two games per year. That, that's what I'm other. saying. Like if they can get through their own division, right. you know, so, that's so a I mean, tough part. Yeah. After that, I mean, it's going to be licking their wounds where the bills. Yeah. The competition did get a little bit better in the AFC East, but I mean, are they comparable to the Buffalo bills? Likely not. I mean, the bills were built to beat the Patrick Mahomes, Kansas city chiefs. They obviously couldn't do that because of 13 seconds, but I mean, they were right there and, who knows what would have happened, but it's it's an interesting convo because, you know, taking my homership out, like I said, but I like my bills. Go bills.
You can't say take my homership out of it and then say go Bills. Go Bills. That's, that's true. That's valid. Uh, speaking of homership, man, DeAndre Hopkins. We didn't talk about this because this happened last week. So let's discuss the PEDs, man. What is this man doing? Do we believe his words and saying that it was a substance that he was unaware of that he digested and it popped up on the test? Because this leaves Arizona in a pretty big hole now without DeAndre for six games. Did they say what it was? It was some type of steroid, right? Okay. But, I mean, do I want to believe him? Sure. But as a pro athlete, I'm pretty sure. Do you believe him, though? Do you believe him? No. No, I don't. I mean, he's coming off of a season in which – now, do I think he voluntarily took something, like, outrageous to give him a huge advantage? No. I don't think he was, like, out there trying to, like, pull a Will Fuller. You know what I mean? Well, this – his positive test was in November, right? That I don't know the exact time frame neither of it. Do, neither do I. I feel like I read his positive test was in November, so it could have been in time in which he was potentially taking something to help himself try to get back quicker. Mm-hmm. That's what I kind of look at it as. I'm almost positive I saw somebody say that his positive tef- test was from November. It may have been Ethan that actually said it. I think he said it in one of our group chats or maybe in Discord or something that he said it was from November. You listen to Ethan? The doctor. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, I don't think it was something that he was doing to intentionally give himself a heads, uh, you know, a, a foot higher or a head. Higher. What am I trying to say here? I mean, he's not trying to get that much better. He was trying a to foot grow. Forward. <laughs> yeah, a foot forward. That's the word. Way to there go, Chouse. That's what I'm talking. Jackson yeah. Smith, who? The jig bull. There we go. See, bringing it back from the draft. But uh, it's like, like he said, just trying to, to heal quicker because last year was just not a great year for DeAndre Hopkins as far as injuries. But he's not somebody who historically through his career has to deal with those type of injuries. So I think he's just trying to get back on the field faster. He took something that wasn't allowed, going to pay the punishment of six games, kind of wait and see where the schedule comes out and when their bye week is, whether he's actually back week seven or week eight. So that's just something to pay attention to. But honestly, I, I feel like, and it's still early, it's May, I feel like I'm going to own a lot of DeAndre Hopkins this year. I, I don't know. If I get to the fifth round and DeAndre Hopkins is on the board that I will ever pass him ever mm-hmm. because wide receiver is such a deep position. You can afford to take somebody, have him sit on your bench for six, seven weeks, have him for the second half of the season and healthy. And you still had the depth at wide receiver to get you by for that time. Hey, you could wait a couple more rounds and take Hollywood Brown maybe, and then have that. You've kind of handcuffed your wide receiver to a a certain extent, but there's so many other options out there that DeAndre Hopkins could be one of those league winner type guys because he comes in second half of the season and really gives your team an added boost. Yeah, especially in the fifth round. If he is still there, I mean, most likely he's your wide receiver two, wide receiver three at that point. And whoever you end up getting it, say in the next round or round six to actually fill in that spot for the first half of the season is still going to be a very good player. So I think you're absolutely right. I think that Hopkins could absolutely be a league winner because most people aren't going to be thinking about him because they're like, well, I don't want someone that I'm not going to have for the first six games of the season. Think about it this way. The way that some drafts have turned out when I was doing my mock drafts today, there was times where I could get in the fifth Hopkins. And then there's even some instances where Allen Robinson was going in the sixth. Sign me up for that all day long. I, I don't understand yeah. the Allen Robinson hate right now whatsoever, man. Just because recency bias tells you why, because he was in Chicago and didn't want to be there. Like I said, because he didn't want to be tagged and he just earned his money and he was like, I'm leaving anyway. Come on, guys. Come on. 
For the record, that was a damn good steak burrito. You inhaled that, man. Dude, I was trying to hurry because I don't want to sit job. here and eat for an hour. I didn't even see the crumbs, man. Like, you just <laughs> it mopped it up, man. It was like <laughs> nothing. Speaking of wide receivers, the Packers apparently are going to be high bidders for uh, OBJ and Jarvis Landry. I just saw this today. This is interesting. And I think, you know what, it's it's justified. I think that, you know, Aaron Rodgers is starting to talk and saying, hey, the free agent market is cool. Now we could probably get these guys both for a one-year deal on a cheap and, and chemistry building would be very seamless because these guys are true veterans. I love it. Like that would make me very excited. Me too. Very excited. Hey, even Landry going to somewhere like Baltimore would make me excited. You know, now that they no longer have Hollywood Brown there, he could be like a safe target for, for Lamar Jackson. But yeah, if they go to Green Bay, you have to think, based off of history, that Aaron Rodgers is going to rely on his veterans before he relies on his new incoming rookies. And there's a lot of Christian Watson truthers out there. I'm not saying the kid's not talented, but he is one missed play, one wrong route, one dropped pass away from just being crossed completely off Aaron Rodgers' book. We've seen that in the past with the likes of MVS and Equinamia St. Brown and other guys who just kind of fall by the wayside because Aaron Rodgers just writes him off so quick because he doesn't want to have to deal with it. He's going to go back to the old reliable. And if he got, if he has guys like OBJ and Jarvis Landry, I would love that in Green Bay. Christian Watson is also still very raw in some areas. So he's got some, he's got some growing to do too. Yeah. Quickly. I wanted to go back to the Deandre Hopkins thing. Cause I was just looking at current ADP over the last week alone. I think since May 2nd or 3rd, Deandre Hopkins is going in the early seventh round. Mm. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? That's insane. I wish I saved it. I didn't save my draft board from this morning to see what round. I think I took him in the fifth or the sixth. I can't remember, but yeah. But it is, is but it is half the season for fantasy football, basically, if it is if it remains as six games. For sure. I mean, so I mean, if you if you start 0-2, holding a DeAndre is one of those things that's becomes pretty sketchy, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you're kind of if you do that and you don't grab the right depth, Correct. you're going to be in trouble. If you nail it and you can find yourself some solid wide receivers where you still go heavy running back early, you get yourself some solid wide receivers that just get you by. Then Hopkins comes back. All of a sudden, you're you're sitting pretty, pretty, pretty. Now, yeah, what about right, right around where he's going? You can still get in the round before that. You can get guys like Brandon Cooks, Elijah Moore and Darnell Mooney, you know, to kind of fill in until he comes back. Yep. One of the guys I was looking at earlier today, I don't love it. It's not sexy by any means, but if I'm looking for a fill in every once in a while, Christian Kirk is super cheap. Once again, he should see close to eight to 10 targets a game. If he can stay healthy. We talked about Devonte Parker already. How about another guy that I saw that was freakishly low is everybody has just given up completely on Cordero Patterson. Again, like he is like way down draft boards. Like mm. nobody wants anything to do with it. And I don't think he's going to return to what he was last year. Not by any means. He's not going to catch the league by storm this time. But he's definitely somebody who I still feel in an offense that's going to need playmakers. I'm not going to be overly reliant on a rookie running back there. I could still see him taking some goal line snaps and some opportunities and targets out of the backfield. Cordell Patterson's still a guy that I think is a huge value right now, too. This is such a lot of people like wide be- receiver here. You what? Zero wide receiver. Love it. Huge. I mean, you you could yeah. You I mean, can. you could go three running backs, tight end, quarterback, maybe another running back if you want to. So you have four running backs, 
and then I mean in that area, yeah, then you're talking about DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, pairing them together, Devontae Parker, like we all these guys that we've talked about tonight that you can take in these late rounds that yeah, you're gonna be piecing together your wide receiver core, but holy cow, you're gonna start three running backs every single week. You're gonna have a top tight end, you're gonna have a top quarterback. And you just play the best matchups with your wide receivers. And let's just say, for instance, and then you get Hopkins back. Yeah, then you get Hopkins back. He's a wide receiver one the rest of the season. Let's say Devontae Parker is a wide receiver two. You know, some of these other guys, let's say they put up wide receiver two, wide receiver three numbers. You're fine. You won. You won your league. Do you Go still down, have the ADP pulled up, Rem? Yeah. Who? So if you look in like the sixth round, sixth, seventh, eighth ish. Mm-hmm. What wide receivers are all in that area that you would that you would consider taking to be your number one and number two? I guess it also depends on kind of if you want to wait that long. Um, let's see, we've got Allen Robinson, Juju, Devonte Smith is going to be an option. Adam Thielen is down there as well. Adam Thielen, <laughs> you agree yeah. you can capitalize on Thielen before he gets hurt. You can have him uh, for the you... first six weeks, and when he gets hurt, you got Hopkins to replace him. Jake, how would you feel about your boy Hunter Renfro as your uh, wide Dude, receiver? Dude, give me third and Renfro, baby. <laughs> how much, you know what? I was talking with somebody earlier in the week about Hunter Renfro. Would it surprise anybody here if he walks out of the 2022 season with over 12 touchdowns? Yes. Would it would it surprise yeah. you? It would yes. surprise um, you. It would surprise. I'd be a little 12? bit surprised. I think. Yes, I I think the guy racks up touchdowns this year because when you get to the red zone and everybody's po- you know focused on De- Devonte Adams and Darren Waller. Hunter Renfro is going to be by himself down there. It could be a Wes Welker-esque type of situation for him, I think. But what did Wes ever do? Did he ever get 12? I don't know. I'm not the Wes Welker whisperer, but I can always give it a Google. Well, Rem's a patriot. What did he do with you? 12? Do you remember 12? I don't think he got 12. What did he do with Peyton? What did Welker do with Peyton? He got pretty close to that. Um, 10 is the highest that Welker got. Okay. And that was with Peyton? Yep. But think about it. He had 778 yards and 10 touchdowns. I could see similar yardage and another touchdown or two. It wouldn't, I'm not saying I'm going to say that's what he's going to get, but it would not surprise me if Hunter Renfro leads that team in touchdowns by the year end. Interesting. Third Renfro, baby. How Carr and Adams hook up. If Adams is truly like the safety blanket for Carr, I would have to assume that he continues to throw to him in the red zone, similar to what Aaron Rodgers did. I would not be surprised if they worked on some of those plays together. Yeah. See, man, even in the seventh round, you go Amon Ra, Mooney, Cooks, Gabriel Davis, Adam Thielen, Renfro, Lockett. I mean, you could you could get your guys some some wide receiver love late in the rounds and stack your team. I don't hate that. I'm all for it. Grab grab Jamison Crowder late, like you talked about too. He's another guy who's super far down there. Now that you have no Cole Beasley. You got yep. Crowder kind of filling that role a little bit. There's a lot of targets up for grabs. Tons. Completely forgot yeah. Crowder was in Buffalo. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes a huge difference. And what's Crowder's ADP? He's got to be well into the 12th, 13th, 14th round, probably. Oh, God. I mean, I'd have, I'd have undrafted. To... Maybe he is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah he's I mean, not, he's not, he's not even on this list right now, man. No, I'm already I'm already in the 14th and 15th <laughs> round, and his name isn't even near. Yeah. Like, I'm not, not even close. Oh, there he is. 15th round. 1503. See? Perfect wide, wide receiver 65, Jamison Crowder. Yeah, put him on the bottom of every one of my rosters, and I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Proved it yeah. over and over again in New York. Man, everyone was a hater, we yep. were loving him. So, 
But what is Miami doing, man? Sony, signing Sony Michelle. Like, come on, man. Do we need more headache in Miami with this backfield? Like, okay, I was ready to take a flyer on Mostert and be like, hey, you know what? The speed, the ability. Yes, injuries. I might only get him for like two games. But he may get me like 25 points in those two games. And now you add Sony. Like, I'm I'm so confused. I get it, man. McDaniels uh, or McDaniel comes over from San Fran is trying to replicate what San Francisco 49ers do with their like bazillion running back system but i mean really sony really why man they have like five running backs on their roster right now that all at one point have had 100 yards rushing in a game <laughs> like this is not like you have like two good guys and then a bunch of just you know bench fillers you got chase edmonds raheem mostert sony michelle and then you still have miles gaskin and salvin ahmed like i, I don't understand what <laughs> I get that you're going to go through a majority of them and none of them are really, you know, RB one. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. None of them are pictures of perfect health by any means, but I mean, I just don't, I don't understand from a fantasy perspective why anybody would want any part of that backfield. I was just going to say, as far as them, you know, you said they're obviously not models of health. I mean, they've got at least three guys that spent almost half the year on, on IR at one point. So, Which maybe is what he's planning on hitting. You know, these guys aren't going to last. I'm just going to run them until the wheels fall off Mm -hmm. and go to the next one. (laughs) Everyone's going to get hurt. Just don't all get hurt at the same time. That's right. Exactly. But I mean, when you got Waddle, you got Waddle and Tyreek, you know you're going shorter passes with speed. I mean, really, you still require five backs to hedge your bets? I just, I'm I'm confused. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I will will probably not have any Dolphins running backs on any of my rosters unless it's something crazy large, you know, format. But yeah, that... It's going to have to be something like that where he's just he just wants to make sure he's set and has people to go. And, hey, Edmonds, your week one. By the time he gets hurt in week three, all right, here we go, Raheem Mostert. He's giving me, giving me two weeks. And yeah. when he's hurt, we're going to go to to Miles Gaskin. He's going to give us at least four or five weeks. And then we're going to go to Sony. He's going to give us – I mean, it's, it's it could be an absolute nightmare. It's gross. It is gross. But you know what's not gross is these rookies, man. I got a question for y'all because I got some guys that I'm looking at, and I like these rookies. Who is your favorite high upside rookie this year for fantasy football? Because I think you know a lot of people wondering. There's a lot of debate, a lot of a lot of wide receivers, a lot of running backs this year. I mean, doesn't matter wide receiver, running back, which one you want? High upside. Who's your favorite? Jordan. Drake. Drake Jordan. Who's who's Drake Jordan? Drake London. Jesus. I'm like, I'm looking at like, who is Jordan, man? Like, Who's Jordan? Put down the crack pipe, Kyle, because Jordan's done. He retired basketball. Like, yeah, man, Drake Jordan. Like, he's a he's oh a keeper. God. Uh, you can <laughs> see where my Jordan head's at tonight. See, I told you I've been in the sun way too long today. But um, I mean, all the targets in the world in Atlanta. Yeah, he's Give gonna have he's gonna have his even his though it's Marcus Mariota. Still confident with Marcus throwing him the ball? Yeah. Because I'm taking, if we're talking high upside, I'm going to be taking a look at the guys who have the potential for the most volume because the most volume has potential to lead to the highest upside. And there's not really anybody that stands out this year. And when you look at, you know, the Falcons defense, they were the epitome of Jekyll and Hyde last year. So you're never really sure which unit you're going to get. So, I mean, Atlanta could be having to throw their way back into games. So I like, I like Drake London. Um, I think Drake Jordan. It's Drake Jordan, Chris. <laughs> yeah, Drake Jordan. Sorry. I like so I like Michael Jordan a lot. I think he's gonna be a great player. This <laughs> he's a year. great receiver. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> I, I mean, 
it's tough to, to go away from Brees Hall. I think the Jets' offense is going to be, you know, head and shoulders above of where they were last year. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Traylon Burks here. I, he's my favorite receiver in this class. I know that Tennessee is a run-first offense, but A.J. Brown still got a ton of targets, you know, in this offense. And I think Burks is just going to take that spot. Yes, Robert Woods was added, but I'm going to go with Burks as kind of my high upside guy. All right, so everybody's picking these guys high on the on the rankings. I'm going to go the opposite way and go with somebody who's not probably in anybody's top 20 rookie rankings right now because for some reason, I, I does anybody else ever venture down the rabbit hole of YouTube? Like you, you watch a video and then you watch a suggested video and you watch a suggested, and the next thing you know, you are on some totally different topic that you weren't even thinking about. I got stuck on Justin Ross videos the other day wasn't even looking at Justin Ross. I was looking more towards Sky Moore and stuff like that to try to find, you know, more about these players. And all of a sudden, I go to Justin Ross. And if this kid can stay healthy, this is a game changer for Kansas City. The biggest issue with this kid is his health and his neck injury. And I, I that's why he went undrafted. But if he can stay healthy and they give him that opportunity – in an offense like Kansas City, it could be it could be a huge a huge boom, and it's something you got for dirt cheap. I love me some Justin Ross. I got Justin Ross as my dark horse with uh, Isaiah Spiller, dark horse, big time producers this year. But I mean, especially if Eckler goes down, even even if Eckler's there, I think this they've been LA's been looking for that that RB you know tandem for how long to team up with Austin Eckler Spiller does everything Eckler does in basically the same categories I mean he catches very well in and outside running ability I mean he's his blocking ability is just fine he can he, he's shifty enough to get into the open field and make some plays I think you know this is going to be a marriage like no other in LA while Chris is playing with his dog over there but hey I thought Chris needed a manscape for a second with all that hair yeah. sticking up. <laughs> you can Blonde hairs everywhere. You know what I'm saying? But I got Jahan Dotson as my high upside rookie this year because I love the fact that he finally has a running mate. Terry finally has a running mate. And we know at the beginning, remember what happened with Terry? Everyone slept on Terry. And, and I comp Jahan as a Terry McLaurin clone. And they are of such similar likeness. But I think even Jahan has even a better catch radius and ability to climb the ladder. And for me, the fact that the first four weeks are likely going to be Defense is still pegging double teams to Terry's side. And yes, Carson Wentz, okay, there are question marks. But like I said in one of our videos, it was like four out of his six seasons, he's only thrown seven interceptions. So he's not as turnover prone as a lot of people truly believe. So if you remove the, the double teams or you put the double teams on Terry, I man, the first six weeks could be surprise, surprise. Jahan Dotson's an absolute baller on the field. I, I don't hate it. I don't know how much I trust Carson Wentz. Sure. That's my not so much the Jahan Dotson worry. It's just it's just Wentz. I'm just waiting for them to turn the ball over to Sam Howell and let him go out there and just set the league on fire. That's what I'm and, hoping for. And, and even better for his shares than in that respect. <laughs> yeah. put, put Howell on there, and you see Howell doesn't eat beef. He only eats chicken. That's why that's he weird. I mean, I liked Sam Howell, but that I don't know yeah. if I can trust the dude who doesn't eat steak. I mean, I just ate a that's steak like, burrito. That's like Patrick Mahomes putting ketchup on his steak. I mean, uh, come on, dude. He puts it on like mac and cheese and stuff too, doesn't he? I'll, I've put ketchup on my mac and cheese before. That's not terrible. That sounds terrible. That's, that's weird. What about what wow. about like like We're less judging over here? What about less known people? Like what about some of these like running backs like Damian Pierce, Tyler Algier, Rashad White, Brian Robinson? 
I mean, are any I've got of these Damian guys... Pierce as my uh, Damian Pierce is my my rookie five uh, RB right now, which <laughs> Chouse did not agree with hey, in the video. It's okay, <laughs> Chouse saw my rankings too, and I have him at number four, Rim. Mm-mm-mm. And it's you and guys it's, are oh. vol- volume whores, man. That's all you're, you're looking darn right. right. You darn right. I'm just chasing things that'll give touches. You know, at he's this point a, he's in my a, life. He's a clunker, man. He's a clunker. He's not he's, great. He's, he's not g- great. He's going to be one of those guys that's going to be like worse than Marlon Mack, and Mack is going to take over the touches. I'm not a Damian Pierce guy whatsoever. I, I just look at it as like he's got a, a bunch of busted old farts in front I of get, him. I get it. And volume is definitely going to be there. I and that's it. why I have him a little bit higher. I mean, I, I Algier, Rashad White, Brian Robinson. Even Zamir White this year, I'm not overly excited on. It just seems like there's a bunch of guys that are like, you got Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, James Cook, and then a bunch of eh after that. These guys do got talent, though. I do like me some uh, some Rashad White. I do like uh, Algaier. I think he's going to do very well in Atlanta, too. Goal line carries could be very plentiful. Could yeah. be. I will say for, for, for guys that, I mean, it depends on what, what Cleveland does, you know, but if they don't really sign anyone between now and the beginning of the season, I love David Bell and that love with, David with Deshaun Bell. Watson. I have him as my you know? wide receiver 10 right now. Yeah. And he's 11 too. for me. Yeah. Right there. I got number 10 for Bell. I love his game. He's a route run technician. If we're talking like Devonte Adams style, like this guy can run routes for days. And they're going to need people to throw the ball to. Oh. Yeah. Cause all they got is Amari Cooper and DPJ. DPJ. And David and Joku. Who they don't throw the ball. Who, drops, for some who drops passes. Yeah. Not yeah. going to happen. What do we do? Some play some dynasty games, boys. You want to finish it off on a on a fun note and play some dynasty games? I, I always like, to like play games. games. Yeah, man. We don't need no over elaborate explanation. But if you want to explain your your reasoning, go for it. But how about you only this... give the explanation if somebody says that your your pick is stupid? Okay. Fair yeah. If you, or if they, or if they disagree, yeah. Call you dumb for or if they call you a dweeb because yeah. nobody wants to be called a dweeb. <laughs> is this a game like who's in your mouth? I don't know that game. What? Why did you even know of a game like that? Jesus, Kyle, man. <laughs> God. <clears throat> I, uh, remind stay me. Away, to... Stay away from downtown after dark, Kyle. Wow, what did you do in school? <laughs> I didn't think you grew up in a rough area. Jesus, Kyle just Time... skipped spin the bottle and went to. <laughs> yeah. <who's in> your <laughs> mouth? Yeah. Times were tough over there, man. All of us were up in a mash and spin the bottle. Kyle's over there <laughs> guessing who's in his mouth. <laughs> oh my god what happened why is it gotta be who's in mine well that's what you said isn't it yeah that's what you said man who's in my mouth that's what you said yeah but it's supposed to be the other way around <laughs> oh, shit. way off the rails but hey let's continue before jake spits we're gonna have some discord messages about this tomorrow. yeah we are <laughs> Josh, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes? Who are we going? This is Dynasty Games. Josh Allen right now. Yep. Josh I Allen. Agree. I'll take the rushing upside. Yep. Josh You're not Allen gonna get any arguments from us here, Chaus. No, across the board. Herbie or Burrow? Burrow. I'm going Herbie. This one is tough because I have a love triangle between these three. I think right now I'm gonna say Burrow only because I trust this sounds crazy to say. I, I think that I trust them and Cincinnati continue to throw the ball a ton where LA spent so much focus on defense that maybe they can control some of those leads and not have to throw it as much anymore. So when fantasy football is taken into account, I'm going to go with Burrow. I'm going with Herbie too. It's a very close. Um, I don't know. I, I think Herbert is, 
he's right there, man. He's oh, yeah, be, they're close. They're like, I mean, top, top quarterbacks in the league. I think Herbert is just right there. Lancer Hurts. Don't do this to me. Wait, a little bit who? A little, little bit of puke in the mouth. Lance. was the second one? Did you say Hurts? Yeah. Hurts. Uh, I'm going to take Lance. <laughs> just because. I'm going Hurts. Hurts for me, baby. I When I was down the rabbit hole the other day, you better believe it. Somehow, somehow I ended up on Trey Lance, and I am like in deep love right now. The problem is I just don't know. No, none of us can sit here right now and say he's going to start any games this year still, and that's what's kind of terrifying to me. I think if you're focused more on this year right now, you got to say Hurts because you know he's going to at least start this year. But if Trey Lance gets the ball, I have a feeling Trey Lance is going to put up some stupid numbers super quickly in that offense, especially if Debo stays. I still don't understand why San Fran just doesn't like just take the shackles off, let him learn in game and he'll figure out his shit, man. I'm with Lance as well. I can't trust Hertz. I'm even though they added a bunch of weapons. I just I, his passing aptitude to me is just not, I just can't have it. Mac money Jones or Zach Wilson. Wilson, Zach Wilson, Wilson. It's not even close. Agreed. Across even the Patriots the fan is going to admit it. <laughs> Mac Jones is a, is a fine real NFL quarterback, awful fantasy quarterback. Yeah, that's, and I think that's where we have to kind of draw the line. Mac Jones, I would say, would win more games. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson yep. will score more fantasy points. Totally. Justin yep. Fields or Tua Tagovailoa? Tua. Got to go with Tua because of the weapons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 100% because of the weapons. Yeah. If, if Justin Fields had a couple solid options, I would probably lean towards Fields just because of the rushing upside. But because he's got, like, one dude, uh, I got to go with Tua. Yep. To a two for you, Chris. Yeah, sorry, I, I said I said to a. Okay, yeah. I didn't hear you. Running backs, maybe CMC or Dalvin Cook. CMC. Crush. That's just super close again. Like, probably uh, CMC. I probably uh. lean, I'll probably lean towards Christian McCaffrey, but I'm not opposed to Dalvin Cook in any certain way because when Christian McCaffrey's on the field, he's scoring 25 points a game. He hasn't had major injuries. He's just had a bunch of bad luck. And that's the part that somewhat worries me. But, yeah, I mean, I'm probably still leaning in Dynasty CMC, but I don't hate Dalvin Cook whatsoever. I'm going CMC as well, even though Dalvin is good stuff. Najee or Vante? Javante Will- oh, Javante Williams. Yeah. I mean, it would be Javante Williams if he was by himself this year, but it's hard for me to say Javante Williams over Najee Harris when we know Najee Harris is going to get way more volume this year. Najee's going to get 300 touches this year. Can I say Najee Uh, Harris to start the season and then trade him when I'm out of the playoff contention (laughs) mid-year for Javante Williams? Hmm. All right, so since since this is is Dynasty, we're looking, you know, obviously towards the future, I'm going to go with with Javante, who's got, what, two, who's two years younger than Najee? Yeah, I'll go Williams because obviously Gordon is not going to be that in that backfield, you know, for much longer. So yeah, give me Javante Williams. I think if you take Javante, you sacrifice points in 2022. And you can do that if you have a bunch of other playmakers on your team already. If you're already struggling for points, you go Najee and, and just ride it out, I believe. But Javante Williams in 2023, whenever he gets that backfield, whenever that is, dude is going to be an absolute stud in fantasy football. It's going to be delicious. Yeah. yeah. It'll be like another Nick Chubb-esque type guy for me. It is. It's one of the hardest ones for me as well. I mean, 
I think just for PPR upside, I'm leaning Najee as of today, but Vontae is my guy. Saquon! This game's kind of like who's in my backfield. There you go. Whoa. <laughs> Better than who's in my back pocket, right? Who Who's in your mouth and who's in your backfield? Jesus, dude. What are you yeah. doing over there? Wow. Saquon or DeAndre Swift? Swift. Swift. I'm going Swift. with Swift, too. And I know this is gonna be hard for Chaus to say. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm sticking with Barkley. I'll, I'll, I'll go down with the burning ship, man. If it happens, it happens. Even though I love me some Swift. Because now the offense is actually getting better in Detroit. I think we actually yeah. get to see a full fledged DeAndre Swift. Where in the, in the past they're losing so much so quickly that he's kind of written out of the game plan. You know what it is? Is Brian Dable esque? I think he's gonna try to utilize Saquon in the pass game as long as he doesn't roll up on somebody's leg and roll his ankle. I think Barkley gets back to the good books. I'm hoping with Danny Dimes in the center. So. Yeah. Mm. Or Tyrod. <laughs> I was just like, I feel maybe a little better with Tyrod, maybe. Let's go, let's go, Tyrod, man. Tyrod <laughs> Taylor time. Cam Akers or Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. I'll take I'm the guy who it. hasn't torn his Achilles. It's it's really it's a lot closer than it should be for me, though. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Akers. I, I'm going I'm going Aaron Jones. Yeah, I'm not I, I'm not even considering Cam Akers because I I don't know. I just, in the back of my mind with the Achilles injury, I'm like, I'd rather take the guy who's going to get a ton of volume in an offense that really doesn't, as of this time, have no more weapons. Like, he could get a ton of work in the passing game. He's super efficient. I, I still go Aaron Jones. Achilles yeah, I think does my, scare me. Yeah, my, my concern with Aaron Jones is that he's 27 years old already. You know, how many more years of production are we really going to get from him at the level that we want? You know, where on the flip side, Cam Akers is still just 22. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna take that that difference there. Can't hate it. Can't hate it. Michael Carter or Travis Etienne. Neither an option. Etienne. What? Neither. Pass. Wash, wash your mouth out. Travis mm-hmm. Etienne, man. But Just it's not because it. of the player. Say it out loud. It makes you feel good inside. I mean, I'm gonna I feel say, like I gotta agree. I'm gonna say Travis Etienne, but it's only because because yeah. he doesn't have to worry about like a Brees Hall, like Michael Carter does. And now they've added more pass catching weapons, but honestly, I'm not super high on Travis Etienne either. Like I, but it's not because of him as a player. It's because he's in Jacksonville and like what over the span of a decade, can you look at Jacksonville and can you look at them and say, they're going to do this the right way. Like, I just don't see that with, they did something stupid on draft night and still didn't even take Aiden Hutchinson. It's like stupid stuff like that. In my opinion is just why bad teams are bad. Can't but that's it. me. And I'm not a Trevor Lawrence guy. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. When's James Robinson supposed to be back this year? I know it's going to be a while. He's not He's not 100% or going to be 100% soon, right? Um, let me what look. Did he, what did he injure again? He tore his ACL. He he, he tore his ACL. That's right. That's right. Um I'm looking here. I'm trying to find out when he actually tore it. Oh no, he was in Achilles. He was in Achilles in December. That's yeah. right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Achilles. he's in Achilles in December. So we, if we I'll see go with him, ETN. And yeah, if we the, see him, it'll be it. the first few weeks of the season. Because James Robinson's been good, but he doesn't have like like he doesn't have the draft capital tied to him. Um, you know, like Michael Carter would have to unseat with Brees Hall, right? Like Michael, I mean, Michael Carter would have to play well enough to basically tell the Jets, "Hey, you wasted a third round. Was it third round? Third round, right?" Third round pick on pick on this guy. Whereas Travis Etienne, if he plays well, it's like, oh well, James Robinson was a UDFA. I mean, we can move on at this point. It's not like we have any draft capital tied up at him. So 
for me, it's just ETN probably has an easier job replacing his counterpart at this point. You I just wish I could trust Jacksonville more. You said ETN too, Chris? I did, yeah. See, for me, it's about playmaking ability. And we know we got to love the playmakers. Etienne is literally, even in this running back class, man, he is one of a very few that can make an 80-yard touchdown scamper. And I, I just love me some Etienne. Charles, if he was in this draft class, would he have been your RB1? Ooh, that's a close one. I, I would still have to say he, yes. Yeah, he would be mine he would in this be class. One. Yep. Hmm. He's, 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 he's that good. I guess the Liz Frank is the problem and, and something to watch, but I, I love me some Etienne. Miles Remember, he Sanders, also is, he's also there under a new staff, too. They didn't is. draft him. I know. I get it. It's under you know, what Coach Peterson, but I mean, yeah, we, we know how much he loves to rotate his running backs. Yeah. So. That's awesome stuff, man. Miles Sanders or uh, CEH? Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's gross. It's gross and ugly. CEH for me. Sorry, I'm dry heaving in the corner. He's um, man. What'd you say, Chris? He said CEH. I said CEH. I'm, I'm done with Miles Sanders. You He's divorced my Miles. That's your boy. He broke my heart But it's times. not Miles Sanders' fault. It's Nick Sirianni's fault. Nick Sirianni just will not give that guy consistent touches. It seems like every single week, like Miles Sanders will have a big week. The next week, he'll go out there and get five carries. And then all of a sudden, Boston Scott or Kenneth Gainwell is getting goal line carries all of a sudden. It's just like there's no... There's no sense being made there. I understand, and I'm probably not going to choose Miles Sanders either, but I I, I I believe it's not so much on the player. This one is on the play calling and the coach. I love the player. Stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I love the player. Yeah. But so, I just hate I hate the fact that he had Peterson and now Sirianni, and neither one of them want to use running backs. And I don't probably. understand why. I don't. Miles Sanders could be elite. But yeah. CEH is. Miles, Miles isn't the, the whole brand of health consistency either. Mm-hmm. And I love me some miles. Those I, Penn State running backs, man. Yeah, dude. I love them, man. Right? I don't know what's going on. It's in the blood, man. But, man, screw CEH. I'm done with this. I was done with him. <laughs> I was done with CEH when they drafted his ass. Everyone, oh, he's going to be great because it's Patrick Mahomes. He was <laughs> set up for failure from the beginning. Get he the hell out of here. Never, he, he, he can't even never run been a first-round pick. Exactly. Never should have been. And then because of the team he was drafted to, I mean, That's it was right. just everyone expected – I mean, when people are basically like, oh, Jamal Charles right away, you're effed. Yeah. Like, no. right in the backside. Back in the, back in the backfield. Right in the backfield. Right in the backfield. In the mouth in the backfield. Wide receivers, man. Cooper Cup or Devontae Adams? Cup. <laughs> Cup. Yeah, I'm probably going to go with Cup. I think Cups Cup might be. <laughs> Cups I think, around. Yeah, Cup's around. Cup's to everybody. It's just. How do you go against him? I mean, what's going to change anytime soon to where his volume is going to decrease at all? Like, I don't see why. Agreed, man. Keenan Allen or DeAndre Hopkins? <laughs> Wait, Dynasty? Dynasty. Yeah. They're both I'm pretty close, Keenan. honestly. <laughs> Keenan for me. Hmm. I think I probably lean towards Keenan. I think he's safer, but his ceiling just isn't as high. But I what think are their ages count again? On him more. Uh, Keenan is 30. Hopkins is 29. They're right in the same ballpark too. Yep. I'm going with health. I'm going with Keenan. Yep. I am too. I mean, I think he's just safer I and mean, his, his yeah. ceiling isn't crazy high, but his floor is so high that I don't know if you can really go wrong. Do you want to venture? Yeah, I'm going Keenan. He's going Keenan. Feels weird to say. 
Yeah. <laughs> it does feel weird to say. <laughs> DK Is... Metcalf or Scary Terry? Where are we going? Hmm. F me, yeah. man. <laughs> See? This is fun. See? I'm giving DK probably, a slight edge. DK. A slight edge. Probably yeah. Terry McLaurin for me. I look at it this way. I think they're super close, obviously. But DK, in my opinion, leaves Seattle after this year. And he's going to go somewhere who's going to pay him a ridiculous amount of money where Terry McLaurin could be kind of stuck with the Carson Wentz rookie quarterback back and forth type thing for a while in Washington. So I'm going to say DK as well, hoping that he gets a better situation starting next year. I'm going Terry here because he's just quarterback proof and I got a soft spot for guys that don't need a QB and they still make freaking thousand yard seasons. I just love it. Jerry Judy or DJ Moore. Oh, God, I know where this one's going. DJ Moore, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, I knew this. Were... You want to go ahead and say it too, Chuck? man. No. Oh, you're, oh, you're not? I, I, I didn't I'm, even hear the other name. I'm torn. <laughs> yeah. Jerry Judy. You could have said any name in yeah. DJ Moore, and those two are going to take DJ Moore. Unbelievable <laughs> these two are. You know what? Screw y'all. I'm going with Jerry motherfucking Judy, baby. <laughs> let's go. I... I understand the DJ more love because the guy's just going to go out there and get you a thousand yards a year. But like, we know what to expect from DJ Moore, and we know that his ceiling is somewhat capped in Carolina just because they're a bunch of idiots where we don't know what Jerry Judy's ceiling really is with Russell Wilson under center. So if it's me, I'm going Jerry Judy, but I understand why the DJ Moore is out there. I mean, I get it. DJ Moore, the only problem I have, it's just the inconsistencies week to week. And he's got Sam Darnold still technically as of right now. I mean, maybe unless Corral takes over. Corral, yeah. Unless right. Corral turns into somebody special. But yeah. I'm going with yeah. Jalen Waddle or C.D. Lamb? C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb. God. Look at you. <laughs> it's because he doesn't have Tyreek Hill in front of him for the yeah, next several years. I get it. I get it. I mean, I think... I think it's C.D. Lamb, but I love me some Jalen Waddle, and I think Jalen Waddle repeats what we saw last year, if not better, because opposing defenses are going to put a safety over the top on Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddle's going to get single coverage all over the field and just terrorize people. Mm, and that's where I'm going, man. I think because of the secondary, the minute the fact that Tyreek came over, I think that just opened up all the doors. We may not get volume, but we're going to see explosion. You're not going to be able to double both of them. You can't. And Gusecki will absolutely going. eat your lunch across the middle if you do that. Right. And or he'll just, drop it. Well, but he'll make one spectacular catch for like 60 yards before he drops the next one. That's right. Yeah, I I still think Jalen Waddle is elite, and I'm not worried about Tyreek Hill. I love me some CeeDee Lamb. I think this year is going to be a massive breakout, but I got to go with Waddle. Amon Ross St. Brown or Elijah Moore? Oh, give me Elijah Moore. Why are you hating on Amon Ross? I like him, but he didn't really break out until – TJ Hawkinson went down with his injury. So I want to see what he can do with other talent around him and see what that target share looks like. Now, granted the jets did add more weapons on offense, but I've been, I've been a huge Elijah Moore fan from day one. So I'm going to stick with him. You said this was a little bit tough too, but I, I don't think you're going to get volume with either of them. So then, yeah, consistently. No. So I think you're going to have to look towards what is the guy that has, the best potential for the biggest plays. 
And Elijah Moore to me is just a better athlete than Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't have anything against Amon Ross St. Brown. I had an issue with his hands last year, which he proved me wrong. So that's not that big of a deal. Um, but yeah, I just, I feel like he's, I feel like you got to take Elijah Moore there knowing that neither guy is going to get a ton of volume at that point. And he's kind of tied to a little bit more of a dynamic quarterback right now than what Jared Goff is. I mean, Jared Goff is basically Patrick Mahomes 2.0, but we won't. We're not going to, that's a different Wait, story, yeah, a different, different show. Different show, yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to lean towards Elijah Moore as well. And then there's a lot of unknown there, right? Because we saw flashes of it last year, but he couldn't stay on the field consistently enough or get consistent quarterback play, you know, because Zach Wilson missing some time as well. So I, I think Elijah Moore has a, a higher ceiling. I can't argue it because Elijah Moore is the better overall talent, but God, it's, it's just one of those in the pit. I've been, I've been preaching up my boy Amon Ra for how long comp them to a lesser Bobby trees. And I, just, I got to stick with my boy, man. I think regardless of who's on that team, I think, you know, Jared Goff, he said, you know, we're going to try to turn him into a, our version of Cooper cup. And I mean, we saw a breakout last six weeks. I, th- I don't think, I don't think uh, Hawkinson back on the field or anybody else is really going to step into that because now, like I said, less coverage, more opportunity, but less volume. I completely understand, but I get a touchdown upside to more, but I'm still going with the Monra. Chase Claypool or Bateman to finish it off, boys. Bateman. Rashad Mother and Bateman. Bateman. Yep. I think we all may have Claypool may have drafted his replacement (laughs) for all we know. Yes, he did. George yeah. Pickens. Yeah, yeah I, I'm. I'm definitely 100 percent going. Uh, not going with Chase Claypool. No way. Not doing it. Yeah, I'm with Bateman too. Yeah, Bateman. He's he could he could see another one of these guys that could see upwards of 140 plus targets this year. No Unless more Hollywood. Go, it's so nice, man. I mean, we loved Bateman last year. They just never really gave him enough opportunity, and now they've basically just handed him the keys and been like, all right, it's it's, it's all you. It's you and Mark Anders, so I love it. Now, if they do go out and sign like a Jarvis Landry or something, that's going to hurt Rashad it change, Bateman. It changes things for sure. But that's all I got, fellas. Those were hard ones. I know. It's nice, right? Now she hears Joe Mixon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with Joe. Yeah, probably. I just like to ask the question whenever Ethan and Mac run around. Yeah. Because they would they would argue about Najee all day long. It's 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 very close, but um, I I'm taking I'm taking Najee. I'm all right. Ride. Well, great show today, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless you got other things pressing, boys, we can get the hell out of here. Uh, I got nothing right yet. No airing of grievances. No problems with people. Nope. Just a quick reminder though, before we get out of here, for those that are listening, we I know we didn't mention it at the beginning, but we still have that Bluetooth speaker to give away. So if you're leaving us those five-star reviews, uh, we'll be picking a winner here uh, probably right around June 1st. So you only have – In fact, leave us a five-star review down below and let us know if you've ever played Who's in Your Mouth. And if you have, that's one extra entry. Yeah, you get an extra entry if you played Who's in Your Mouth before. (laughs) Perfect. Ain't nobody going to say, oh, yeah, I've played that before. (laughs) Nobody. Going to get banned off iTunes for that. Yeah, exactly. I feel like we have a few people that listen that will be like, I'll type anything for an extra entry. Come on now. (laughs) That's true. That is true. We do have a few of those. No shame on these people, but nevertheless, man. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in to all listeners. Thank you for all the support. And until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.